way. Shit. Coach Guy Sports Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Episode 191, so I'm told. Jared Scally, Al Nahigian, no Nick Qualia, very last minute. Uh, Sir Scout, his puppy, had to be rushed to the ER. So best wishes to Quags and the puppy. Uh, very last minute, like probably like 10 minutes before we were all going to hop on. It was half an hour. I went back and checked the, the timestamps. He texted us at 5.15 being like, yeah, got to take Scout to the ER. So shout out to Scout. Feel better. Yeah, very last minute, but we're obviously here for him. Uh, so instead, we got Maddie B, our Couch Guy Sports writer and now fellow podcaster on the network. Uh, Maddie, what's, what's going up? on, man? Not much. I'm happy to be here. I listen to you guys all the time. And when Al said to me about 30 minutes ago, hey, I need you for something. I, you know, I, I, had, I had to put everything with my life down and come, come do this with you guys. Uh, that's too much right, of Al? a compliment. That's too much of a compliment to Al. That's just way too highly of a compliment. Fuck. I, I will say, though, Maddie was the first person that I asked. I was like, you know what? He'd be good for this. So shout out to Maddie Burnett being on with us tonight. Pleasure to be here, boys. Let's get it rolling. Lots to talk about. Tom Brady, always in the news up here. It's great. Uh, I'll talk about Red Sox. Red Sox, yes, they're relevant. Um, most recent Into the Triangle podcast just dropped yesterday. Listen to Al's rant there. That was fun. Um, yeah, of course, well, follow the network, CoachGuysports.com. Uh, <laughs> Twitter up for us, CoachGuyPod, whatever you want to do. Just you know where to do it by now. iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. But um, let's start with the Red Sox, Al, because why the heck not? That's our thing. Uh, Why not we'll leave, us? Why we'll not leave us? the juicy stuff. Don't count those socks out yet. Anything happens in game seven. Um, they're in the news. The Kings of interest are back. They were in on Corey Kluber. Uh, that is no longer a thing. Corey Kluber has signed with the Yankees. Uh, so is, did we ever sign if it was a one or two year deal, Al, since we reported? I, I think it was, I think it was a two year deal. Two for 20. Deal. I'm pretty sure. Two for 20. So one for 10, sure. like we talked about initially on the last show. And, um, Al, this and Matt, this is something that, oh my God, I'm just still pissed. I'm still pissed about this. We found out like 20 minutes before recording into the triangle when we recorded it. Yep. And I'm still fuming because, and I'll keep saying this, you couldn't sign the dude who lives in Boston during the offseason. Like this guy literally picks snow over anywhere. And he didn't want to come play here. Now it's New York, it's still cold, it's whatever. And but Al, this is something that this we were supposed to get him like this was the one name on the market that made sense for the red sox the red sox made sense for him um you wrote an article that basically penciled him in on couch guy um and now he's not even coming here um it's something that really shouldn't be overlooked of how the red sox couldn't land him in like and it was supposed to be a perfect situation right and not only that you're not improving and the teams around you are improving think about this earlier that day DJ LeMahieu, so that signing happened on Friday. DJ LeMahieu at about 6, 7 a.m., we got the report from, I want to say it was Morosi, that the deal was done, you know, and then passed and followed it up. Six years, 90 mil back to the Yankees. But we knew as Red Sox fans, that was a pipe dream to get DJ LeMahieu. So whatever, I wasn't too upset about that. Then not even 12 hours later, you land Corey Kluber to try to upgrade that pitching staff. And not only that, Jared and Matt, but you got to think too, the Toronto Blue Jays, they're making moves. They signed Tyler Chatwood today and Kirby Yates. So and they're probably trying to going to sign George Springer. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're the leading favorites to sign Springer. They're a favorite or they're the second favorite with the Mets, who, by the way, shout out to the Mets. Yikes. Ooh, um, that's a situation. Into the triangle. And, next episode. Be ready. Ooh, We're talking about uh, it. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be spicy. But to get back to it, the teams in the AL East 
are getting better around you. The Rays are still good. They just went to the World Series last year. The only team is the Orioles, but the Orioles finished ahead of you last year. And they puke on themselves most years, though. Like, yes, the Orioles, that's not really a great run organization. So, no, but they're still, but they still, you know, they still have three teams in the AL East that they have to compete with just in their own division. Forget about the other teams in like the AL Central, like the Twins, and then the Athletics out West and everything. Like, you still. You just have to compete in your own division, and that's a problem. Maddie, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, just in general. I mean, as a, as a Red Sox fan, you know, this is, this is the Alex Cora – this was supposed to be the Alex Cora revenge tour this year. Um, obviously, we all know, we all know his, uh, he got suspended for his role in Houston. And I really thought, okay, Alex Cora is back. The Red Sox will be back. They'll sign a few guys here and there, and Alex Cora will make it work. But as you said, Al, everyone in the division has gotten better but the Red Sox. And it just – it just seems like every day I'm seeing a report online from Passon or for someone else. Oh, the Red Sox are interested in this guy. Oh, the Red Sox are interested in that guy. They have the money. I don't know what they're waiting for. Are they waiting for them to do like a magic trick or something to be like, oh, that's impressive. Yeah, let's sign you. You could do magic on our days off and entertain the whole team. Like, what are they waiting for? And I wouldn't put that past John Henry. Did you guys put that past John Henry? Did you guys see the newest interest that they came up with, which I don't understand at all? Oh, what what's the newest one, Al? What is it? Nelson Cruz. Oh. Wasn't Annabelle Sanchez a name that got thrown out there too? There was that and uh, Julio Teheran from the uh, Braves. Yep. You know, they like that's the thing I don't understand. You know, like Maddie said, the money is there, but you've let all these people just like you've let all these players just go to different teams. Right. Right now, you're literally having Alex Cora, like you said, Matt, on his revenge tour. You're leading him to a gunfight with a rock. Like that's literally the equivalent of what you're doing right now. There's no way for Alex Gore to defend himself because you're giving him nothing. Like, yeah, the lineup's going to be good. I, I don't expect them to have as bad a year as they did last year. COVID, weird year, all these regulations, things like that. The one guy that's intriguing is J.D. Martinez. Side note, just because, again, last year his excuse was the video, and they're not going to get that back. So, like, what does he look like without his deep analytics in between at-bats? But, look, this team is so intriguing. And, like you said, like, Kluber was the easy one. That was the one we all kind of expected. And now it's, a, okay, you don't get him. Springer's going to go to Toronto. They're loading up like they should be. And that lineup's scary if he goes there. Um, and so, and they already are scary. They're, they have a solid future. The Orioles are really not that far behind you in the grand scheme of things because you suck too. Okay, now what? Now what are you going to do as a Red Sox organization to make us fans go, oh, well, that season's not going to end in May? Like every season now, I'm just like, well, if it gets past May and they're still relevant, cool. Um, which is a shame because this town is a baseball town and they need something to spark us. And, you know, this is a conversation Alan have, have a lot on or offline both ways. Like the rotation is not terrible. If you can get some pieces to fill the bottom, like sales coming back, you have Erod, you have Evaldi who Evaldi was lights out last year when he did pitch. Like, yes, he was on and off. But when he came back Evaldi, literally all the running jokes on Twitter, we saw it where, Red Sox stars in the next five days. Evaldi, TBD, 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 Evaldi, TBD. Like, that's literally the running joke because he was that good last year. So, you brought Martin Perez back. Hey, I'm okay, okay with that. Perez Day is back. And it was a smart move. Smart move. They saved money. The qualifying offer they denied was, like, a little over six, and they ended up signing him for, like, four before incentives or something like that. So – Wow, the penny-pinching socks. Wow, it is a win. I will take it. They still get him back. I was pissed when they didn't bring him back. Like, I, I thought, like, why not? What do you got to lose? He, he, and he's a guy that wants to be here. Like, Martin Perez is a guy that, like, loved his time in Boston, was pissed he couldn't pitch in front of fans, which could happen this year. And 
he's a guy that can be a fourth guy, fifth guy in the right situation. Um, the Red Sox can't be done though. Out and, and Matt, we've talked about this too out on in the triangle. Like the list mm-hmm. of free agents, there are still enough names out there that for the bottom of the rotation, like the top three guys are set. It's Sale, Erod, Avaldi, when healthy. So for right now, obviously Martin Perez pumps back up to the third spot, whatever. Why not go get Rick Porcello? Why not get other guys that are out there that are not going to require you to get a lot of money who probably still have talent. I think Rick Porcello would be fine if he came back. He had a weird year. Who cares? Like he pitched well here and he gets his manager back. And, and you have Tanner Houck and Nick Pavetta that are depth guys that you can use, you know, if you want to rotate in a fifth starter. You know? Jay Godorizzi's out there still. Like there's options. Yes. Go get Jay Godorizzi. That is a low risk, high reward type of signing. That's yeah, a, that's one goes to the bullpen. Get. Like that's fine. You put Houck or Pavetta in the bullpen if you need to as well. I mean, there's moves that you can make, and you need to start making them, especially, and we've said this before, on Into the Triangle, on Couch High Sports Podcast, and on a lot of other podcasts on the network. The Red Sox need to get pitchers, plain and simple, because they are not going to win anything with this current pitching staff the way it is, unless Chris Sale magically goes back to his 2017 form before TJ surgery. And you even read things with Chris Sale, too. Like, there's been reports out last couple of days, even they're going to take it slow, which I want them to like Chris sales coming into year two of whatever it was, five years, six years, like whatever yeah. that deal was that he signed, like this is only going to be year two of it. So you have Chris sale for four more years. And I fully expect this team to be competitive again with Chris sale on it, like because you signed him, but are you going to risk his long-term success here and a potential, I, I think they will be world series contenders in the next three years, like within, I think if they do things right and I, right now I trust time to do that, but do you want Chris sale to not be available in two years down the stretch in a world series push and versus 2021, which clearly you're not going to be good enough to even win anyway. Like I'd rather you not rush him back this year, let him pitch when he can and then have him good for a 22, 23, 24. I think he's good through 25. Like that's what I'd rather with Chris Sale, and that's what it seems like they're doing. So I give them, I guess, some credit for making the logical decision, even though they didn't let him get surgery in the first place. You need something here. You need to do something. Anybody. Get me a decent arm. There's still a few decent arms out there. Heck, Trevor Bauer's still out there. I mean, if you want to, go get him. You have the money to do it. Yeah, baby. He would definitely want to come here, too, just because he, he is buddies with Carabas, and we all know Carabas has probably said, hey, Come here. And if the offers, and if he sees the right offer, Bauer will happily come pitch for the Red Sox. I think Bauer will pitch anywhere. Like, I don't even think Bauer cares for he pitches. Like, Bauer's one yeah. of those guys who literally just wants to have some fun while he pitches and potentially win. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he wants to win, but like, he played for the Reds and enjoyed it. Like, I think if the Orioles <laughs> offered him the right contract, he'd go pitch at Baltimore. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like, mm-hmm. he's gonna get overpaid. But I would love him here. I've been preaching that since day one. I hope that happens. That'd be great. Over or under Trevor Bauer signing by February 9th? What's that? January 19th. <sighs> two, two and a half weeks. After. He'll be he'll sign at spring training. Spring training will start before he signs. Yeah, I, I agree. He'll be he'll be signed right around the, uh, the start of spring training. And that's good news to the Red Sox. If you do want him here, it's a spring training signing because he's waiting this out until names start to move. John Lester just signed. He's off the market. He's going to Washington, right? Like – names up to keep coming off the market ahead of him to make him feel the pressure of like, Oh crap, maybe I'm not worth this. Like, let's just take less. Um, and that's when the Red Sox need to swoop in if they can. Like that's the only way Bauer's coming here. And I, I hope that happens. Like if you can bring Odorezzi or someone like that sooner, good. I'd rather have the assurance that you're going to have some guys, but like 
if you're still looking for starting pitching by the time pitchers and catchers are reporting and Bauer's not on a team, then you call him and go, hey, man, we'd love to have you. But, like, you got to lower that number. Yeah. 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 <sighs> man. Al, oh, John Henry, the interest king. Oh, John Henry needs to go. Just needs he to does. Go. Thank you for all the World Series championships. Thank you mm. for everything. But have fun with Liverpool. Have fun with Liverpool. You guys are, mind you, in second place to my Manchester United, but have fun. It's okay. Um, Al, you know what's better than John Henry going to Liverpool? What would that be, Jared? Manscaped. This is true. Couch Guy Sports Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Are you ready for some football? The biggest game of the year. That's right. The Super Bowl, Jared and Matt. Super Bowl's coming up just in a few weeks. You know who's going to be in it? Thomas Edward Brady. Probably. The biggest game of the year is upon us on February 7th in Tampa. So, I mean, the stars are aligning. Let's just call it like it is. And it's time to get your balls feeling super. Our partners at Manscaped are here to tell you to join the already 2 million men who trust Manscaped products that are below the waist grooming needs. Guys, isn't, uh, isn't there a tight end named Rob Gronkowski on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now? Supposedly. Oh, isn't that well, that guy that actually, like, is a, is a guy? It, I've seen him in those <coughs> landscape, right? That's what you're talking about? I think so, Jared, because yeah. guess what? You should take Gronk's advice and shave your Super Balls. Use the best tools to reduce nicks and cuts before the big game and choose the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Included is the Lawnmower 3.0, which is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. Do not, and I repeat, do not settle for unnecessary roughness below the waist because that's just going to hurt. It also has waterproof technology and has a 90-minute battery. Believe me when I tell you this, this is the Super Bowl champion of ball trimmers. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant that will keep your nuts in the game for all four quarters. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost in the clutch. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boxer game to the absolute next level. Complete your top-to-bottom grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all of Manscaped's formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to your collection. It's a whole new balls game this Super Bowl. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUIDE20 at manscaped.com. Your super balls. Well, thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUIDE20 at manscaped.com. One final dime. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code COUCHGUIDE20 and tackle your pubes and win the Super Bowl in your pants with Manscaped. If you're shaving for 90 minutes... You got a problem. You know, I love the battery life. It's great. You should yes. not be shaving for 90 minutes. Yeah, if you uh, are, put it in the rechargeable charger. Keep it on the bathroom vanity. You need to shave more often there, broski. Yeah. Yeah. Quags, I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh, Rob Gronkowski. I miss him. I miss Tom Brady. I was going to say, I miss Brady too. It's Tom Brady. And Matt is fittingly wearing a Super Bowl champions hat with the Patriots logo I on it. I am. You know, this totally wasn't planned or anything. Fittingly. You know what, guys? Patriots could be playing championship weekend this weekend if we kept Thomas Edward Brady around. 
Probably not because the roster sucks. No, but no, no, no. You went too far. I was going to say, Scally, take that one back right now. If you're, if you actually cared about Tom Brady, maybe if you gave him the talent that he wanted, if you committed to Tom Brady, I think you might, you have a chance, right? The Patriots messed this up big time. Patriots messed this up. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Just look at the roster that we that they had this year. He had Julian Edelman, who's basically broken at this point. Your top receiver this year was Jacoby Myers, who most part was good, but at times when he was bad, yikes. Uh, Did he throw Harry. more touchdown passes than actually catch this year? He, I think it was. I think so. I think so, Al. And then you had Nikhil Harry, who can't even you know catch anything to save his life. But you have to understand, Brady just went to the most losing his franchise ever in pro sports, and got them eleven wins, and now are one win away from the Super Bowl. One, this proves. Well, look who they have on. Look who they have on up, and Brady. Yeah, and how did? They, and they only got eleven wins because they have a suck bag organization. The coach that doesn't even want to coach, like he exactly. just lets Tom do. So, like, why can't you get more than what do we have? We start eight and zero last year as a Patriots team, right, with Tom Brady yeah. and that roster, and then they started falling off because the defense didn't play as well. Not Brady's fault. Defense didn't play well. If Brady had actually got the commitment from this team and. And I'm, I'm less mad, honestly, guys. I'm less mad about them moving on from Brady than the way they did it. There was no plan. If they wanted to move on with Jimmy G, right? That was the initial plan. It worked, right? We found a guy that probably could have been fine here and would have done well in the system. He proved he could play a little bit. It wasn't perfect, but, like, that was a great plan. They figured it out. Tom outlived that. They didn't do it again. They didn't go draft a quarterback. Like, and if you're telling me Stidham can play, you're lying to yourself because he can't. Like, they didn't have a plan in place, and I think they fully expected Brady to be back this year. And he said, nah, screw you guys. You didn't, you didn't commit to me. You don't think I want to be here, um, and I'm out. Like, peace. And the relationship wasn't there anymore. And I think part of that is on the Patriots. Part of that's on Tom. But, like, you look at the differences. When was the last time Tom went to a Patriots OTA? Or a mini, like, he stopped coming to the offseason workouts to go parade around with Giselle. Now, I don't blame him. But, like – now you're Tom Brady, you go to Tampa and you're all in during COVID. You're breaking rules to work out with your teammates who probably didn't need it. Like Mike Evans is a lot better than Jacoby Myers. Matt just said it, right? Like they have the lineup. Did he have to force the COVID issues to go to those? I mean, maybe because they're a new team, but he, he seems a lot more invested this year. So it's partially on him, right? Like to be invested. But I think the Patriots screwed the pooch on this one for not having a plan. First of all, like not drafting any young guys, you could have brought in Mariota a year. You know, you could have done these little things just to have something in place. The fact that he, they went into this year with Jared Stidham and then signed Cam Newton late shows you all you need to know, that they screwed the Tom Brady situation up royally. And the fact that you're at home now with Linda, who we'll talk about in a second, if you're Bill Belichick, watching Tom Brady, one went away from going to nine out of his last 10 AFC Championship games, going for that 10th one in the last 11. You're now in, he's now in 14 conference title games as a player. And by the way, just to talk about it for a second, this is a little bit of a segue really quick. If you're Patriots fans, you're excited for the fact that the Bucs are going as far as they are. Because think about this. There's a disgruntled quarterback in Houston by the name of, oh, I don't know, Deshaun Watson. He's not coming here. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not saying he's going to come here. But if you're Bill Belichick, you're telling me you're not at least going to inquire because if you take a look at the betting odds, there are two teams that you should be worried about that could potentially get Deshaun Watson. That's Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets because they're favored ahead of you right now. Okay, but you also have to remember, Deshaun has to say yes. Let's talk about this because this is where we can go. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson has to say yes. He has a no-trade clause. So 
Are you going to go to the Jets over staying in Houston? Probably not. Miami's the one that scares me. There's, I'm in the camp of if he leaves Houston, he's going to Miami, which makes you even further away. from an, I, That makes the Dolphins and, the best team in the division, to be honest, because Deshaun Watson is better than Josh Allen. And they have the number three pick coming up in the NFL draft. That's even scarier to think about because they can add already to a team that had uh, 10 wins. You, you probably trade that, though. You probably give that back to Houston because it's Houston's pick. You probably give that back it's to Houston's Houston. Pick. To, yeah, it's, Houston's giving them that pick. You probably swap them that pick and something else for Deshaun Watson if you're the Dolphins. You're not making that pick and getting Deshaun Watson. So yeah, here's my thing about the New York Jets. Here's my thing about the Jets with Watson. I feel like the Jets are – more appealing than they were compared to a year ago solely for the fact of Robert Sala being the new being uh, the new head coach we all see what he did in San Francisco with that defense and just how explosive of a leader he is I think Watson could could see that and be like I we could make something work uh him and I in New York now I know the Jets offense not that great trust me I've, I've seen the Jets offense not that great but if Watson goes to New York all of a sudden any any uh freezing wide receivers are going to see that and be like all right you know let's let's take a look at the jets and watson see see what they can offer me and then if the jets are able to land watson and maybe a one or two receivers and better offensive line protection which they're in the middle of building a great line anyways I, i'm gonna say this, but look out for the jets next year if they're able to land watson and maybe get some help too along with that if they land watson compare this year's roster jets patriots and then just put watson on the jets jets are pretty close to you realistically i right? i i think they pass you yeah and, and they might pass you because Deshaun watson's that freaking good mm-hmm. but i also believe that even though the patriots are handled the Brady situation terribly they have a crap ton of cap space right we i keep we talking about it they're in the most in the league i think it is and they have guys coming back off the opt-out list for the covid situation if they want to that's I mean, hightower might retire but chung already said he's probably coming back uh, the McCourty said they want McCourty wants to play slater wants to play if it's in patriot uniform and that's the only place he'll play like Things are lining up to get some guys back, and they have money to make moves. So I don't expect the roster to stay stagnant. There, there apparently have been reports that they expect the Patriots to make be aggressive. Um, so if you're if you're a Patriots fan, to bring it back to Tom Brady for a second. You root for Tom Brady. One, it's your quarterback. That's it. Like he brought you six Super Bowls, twenty years of just straight success and crapping on the rest of the league. You root for that guy to win seven. That's right. it. And it's at home too. You this is the year for them to win it. Like you win it this year. Because then right. next year he loses, he potentially loses Godwin, all our stuff. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. That's another reason why I'm advocating for the Patriots. If you're not going to get Watson, you have to get a good quarterback because there is a it's it's like a treasure trove of wide receivers in this free agency class this year. There's a lot of good wide receivers that you can get, but are wide receivers going to sign with the Patriots if they don't know who their quarterback is? I don't know. Unless Bill is finally going to shell out the money because we talked about penny pinching with the Red Sox earlier. Let's talk about penny pinching now with Bill Belichick. He's going to the dollar store to try to find these wide receivers and hope they work out. You know, he's had some success in the past with guys like Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan and some of these other guys. But now you have the chance to get a number one receiver, especially like Maddie said earlier, Julian Edelman's banged up. Jacoby Myers is not a number one receiver. Mikhail Harry so far has been a bust. Marquise Lee is coming back next year. Who knows how good he's going to be? So you need a number one receiver, and you need to revitalize that offense somehow, some way. Yeah, it, the, the issue with what they're doing, I just don't want them to draft a wide receiver. Like, that's the last thing you need. Like, if you want to draft a fifth-round guy and hope he turns into Julian Edelman, fine. But, like, do not waste first and second-round picks on wide receivers. You clearly can't do it, Bill. 
Like that's his obviously Achilles heel. We've seen the lists, right? It's a joke. Um, the only one that's really worked, even like Kembrell Tompkins was good for like half a minute. Um, like Jacoby Myers didn't even get drafted. Like, you know, like the list is just not there. Like they need to draft a quarterback in the first round. And if you're, a, say you're Corey Davis or one of these free agent wide receivers that might be available. If you see a, just as an example, right? If you see a Mac Jones coming to New England, that's a, that's a bright three, four years ahead of you, right? Because I think Mac Jones with talent can be a guy in this league. And we've seen it. Look, look at the talent he had in Bama and look what he just did. So, and Mac Jones is a guy I think I believe in. So use Mac Jones as the example. If, if, they break, if the Patriots bring Mac Jones in, would Corey, would Corey Davis be more inclined to come here? Would, would Chris Godwin go, Bucks aren't going to pay me. I'm not going to go back and play with Tom, but Mac Jones has a bright future. I'm going to get paid. For, I can get paid from them and have a guy that's pretty decent. Probably maybe. better situation than nine out of 10 teams that probably bring him in. Maybe, but are these guys like Corey Davis and Chris Godwin going to think that way? Or are they going to think these guys are unproven? We don't know how they're going to do in the NFL. Sure, they did great in college. And obviously, Mac Jones did great with Alabama with that team. And Maddie and I talked about the other day on his co- uh, podcast, Bernie and Chris. But the thing is, too, is like, if you have these, if you have somebody in place that you don't know what he's going to do, are they really going to want to take that chance for the next three, four years if they want to try to still win a Super Bowl, if that's their case? If it's a contract thing, then fine, take the money. But if these guys want to win, then they might not take that chance. But isn't that's it all the about downside. the money, though? Like, these are these guys' like first real contracts. Chris Godwin hasn't been paid yet. Uh, Corey Davis hasn't been paid yet. If you say, okay, I can go play for Belichick, and, and I still think that holds weight, I'm going to go play for Belichick in New England. I have a young quarterback who I can help and get my bank at the same time. Okay, sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And you know what? Another, another thing I just thought of too, root for the Bucs to win the Super Bowl. Because if Chris Godwin is a champion, less likely he'll care about winning. Maybe, maybe. I, I just don't know. Maybe. I, I just don't know how how these wide receivers are going to think are they going to want the young promising quarterback or are they going to want a veteran in there that they know has been around and has done it before so that's really it's it's obviously up to the you know to the person but uh, you need to shell out some money you need to shell out some money this offseason you have to have to have to go get some weapons al and i and nick have done this on this show and i'm intrigued Mm -hmm. to hear it from you we did it last couple weeks ago whenever it was yeah just what is your ideal situation for this team offseason wise i know Al's. we won't get into that what do you want this to uh, make you happy i mean they need to, they need to address the quarterback position uh first things first uh cam newton i mean i'm a, i was a big supporter of cam newton when he came in i've always loved the way he played he struck out this year but at the same time he was also set up to fail here if you looked at the offense what cam newton inherited zero chance he was going to succeed here so they really they need to address the quarterback position first, and then the second they do that, go get a receiver or go go get a tight end that can block and also catch, or just just improve your offense overall. Because defensively, I'm fine with how they are on defensively. They're still pretty good on the defensive, but on offense, yikes! They need they need to, they need to fix that. And one major thing that I've you know I've been very vocal about this year too, Josh McDaniels needs to get better, or else he's going to get canned. Simple as that. McDaniels, he might be he gone. He's probably gonna get the I, Eagles I hope job. I hope he I hope he goes to Philly and is nowhere near this organization ever again. Because he, he the, the time of him actually being a good offensive coordinator, those days are over. Because those run plays up the middle for one yard every single time, especially on third and long, it's like it was so predictable. The defense is basically shot coming. You could tell half the time that this the defense secondaries on the opposing defenses knew what was coming. So it's like, all right, what's the point of even trying to trying to even pretend like we don't know what's coming here? They were probably the most predictable offense 
uh, this this past season. I think a lot of people have had their issues with Josh McDaniels. Um, I mean, the goal line calls for Cam Newton. I think they they forced Cam Newton a lot this year, and I think I think he's just want. I don't know. I think the Eagles would be a good fit for McDaniels. If just talk on that real quick, like he gets a fresh start. He really wants to be a head coach, and I think he sees what's happening here and going. Do I really want to be a part of this, or can I go get a quarterback that I can play? I have two quarter. He has two quarterbacks in Philly, who are better than what the Patriots have, and the Eagles should have been better than they were this year. Like they, they had a terrible year, and that's strictly because the quarterback position wasn't figured out. So if he can go in and make Wentz what he was in the beginning of his career, or end up making that switch and and um, and have someone else there, to, like, you know what I mean? Like you have two quarterbacks in Philly for him to work with, and there's been talks about him potentially bringing Gerard Mayo with him as his DC if Belichick won't give him the title because he doesn't want to. And like, I don't know if that's an, unwritten. so there's, there's ways around this that McDaniels might want out. I always thought he was going to LA and they didn't, they didn't bring him in. So it's Eagles are back to the Patriots. And I just don't think he wants to wait for the Belichick to retire. Cause that's not going to happen anytime soon. So no, that, that's another I'm, part of this. You might lose a coach yeah. right before draft. <laughs> like, I mean, to be fair though, he has a bit, wasn't that great this year. And I don't think it would be a major loss compared to, like, losing Brady last offseason. Because offensive coordinators, they're a lot easier to replace than, you know, franchise quarterbacks. Bill, Bill can hopefully go out and go find somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Patriots in, in mind, because I know now we wanted to talk about the, uh, the divisional games quickly, and I think we know the Patriots stand. I, I'm pretty confident in saying they messed up the Brady situation for lack of a plan side of things. Um, Linda Holiday. Belichick's boo, for lack of a better term, his fun buddy, um, on Instagram. Mind you, this post from the end of the season. She posted the end of the season like a big shout to Bill and what the year was, all this stuff. Someone commented on it two days ago saying, too bad Bill let him, Tom go. And obviously this is in response to the big game the Bucks had, beating the Saints. We're going to talk about that in a second. Linda Holiday responds, and you have all the answers evidently. Tom didn't score last night, hold that thought. Not once. Defense won that game. Were you even watching? Uh, I'm happy for Tom's career. Why can't you be? Linda Holiday. First of all, Tom did score. So you weren't watching the game yeah. because he had a rushing touchdown. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure he had a one-yard rushing touchdown in that game. Rushed right in. You know what he did all those years in his great career that you're applauding? Did that. He, 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 touchdown. he did he it. Right <laughs> he ran right in. The Brady sneak. Linda Holiday. And I get it. Like, she's defending Bill. It's whatever. Like, it's who she is. But – the Patriots are evidently messed this up. And for her to come out publicly say that, now it's getting crap. It's, it's kind of blowing up right before we came on. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Linda Holiday, I don't think has any clue what she's talking about. I don't no. even think she knows football. Like, she just wants, she's, on, she's Bill's arm candy and is going to defend him to the day he dies. Um, but to say that he didn't score and then say, did you watch the game? Come on, Linda, that's even bad for you. Yeah, it's not great. Not a great look, especially on social media nowadays. And remember, everybody that listening to this, what's on social media can be leaked. So just be careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, re- in response to that, we can jump to the games before we get off. I think we're on Patriots conversation. So Brady Buck, I mean, Brady and the Bucks beat the Saints. Let's start there. Um, they went to New Orleans. Now, again, everyone's talking about Tom having ro- three road games going through Breeze and Rodgers and potentially Mahomes. The road games don't even count, guys. Like, there's no fans there for the most part. So let's just get over the whole home road thing. But to give him, give him some credit, he went to New Orleans, beat a guy on his, on his swan song tour. Drew Brees likely to retire, as we all know at this point. Um, so that was his last – that was his game to potentially get back to the Super Bowl and win one more. 
and Brady goes in and throw, and they they win thirty to twenty, going to play Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. Is this more the Bucks won or the Saints because colossally gave it to him? Breeze threw what three interceptions? Two interceptions like, and then a fumble by Jared Cook. I'm going to answer your question real quick, Jared, and it involves another guy named Jared. Jared Cook. He's another guy had a really bad game. The Saints lost this game, plain and simple. The 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 Bucks took advantage of the Saints' mistakes. I think they scored 21 points on. They scored all three times on Saints turnovers. So you take away two of those turnovers, but the Saints still win that game. If Drew Brees plays a C to C plus game, and the offense plays a C to C plus game, they're moving on to to Green Bay to play the Packers. Exactly. I mean, in simple terms, Saints gonna Saints. The Saints are the Aints now, basically. If you look at their past history in the playoffs, not great. They've lost to Minnesota twice. Once was the Minneapolis Miracle. Once the Vikings were at six seed and barely got into the playoffs. And then, off, and then you know, they haven't been great since they won the Super Bowl, really. Ever since then, it's just been a decline. They had a bunch of seven to nine seasons in there. It's, Sean Payton has struggled with the team. And it just seems and it just seems like maybe it's time for Sean Payton to move on from the Saints. Yeah. Because right. I was just about my to mind. Ask- I was saying, what blows my mind is that this was the year they had all the talent. Like, all those did. past years, you can blame the flukes, whatever. But, like, this was the year where, you know, before that game, I think the Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees trio only played, like, three games three, all season three. together. Mm-hmm. And two of them were against the Bucs. They, they all played in those Bucs games. They won. Um, and I know it's hard to beat a team three times, but, like, you blew out Brady in the Bucs that second game. Like, the Bucs sh- should not have won this game. Um, they blew them out the first to- time, too. Did I make some money off of them winning the game? Yes. But, hey, they shouldn't have won the game. But the, the perks of living in New Hampshire, huh, bud? Perks of living in New Hampshire. DraftKings Sportsbook. Not a sponsor, just a friend. Um, look, I, I look at this in, this in this way. Tom Brady went in and did, his, and did Tom Brady. He, he managed the game well. He had some great throws, got his rushing touchdown. People are giving him credit for winning this game. I do think the defense – I agree with Linda Holiday in that sense. Like, the defense won this game for them. They, they got them opportunities. Where did, where did Brady get the ball most of the time? 50-yard line or up. Like, right. they, they had great field position. And if you give Tom Brady the ball, the 50-yard line or up, he's going to score every time. Yeah, like, he like, he's the GOAT. Like, are you kidding me? You don't do that and win that game. So, even when halftime came around, I'm like, this game's tied? The Bucs are going to win this game. Because Breeze didn't look like himself. I think it's the right time for him to retire. He clearly lost it. But, like, even watching Brady play, do I doubt that he can go in and win in, in the cold in Green Bay? No, because he's still throwing that ball on a rope. Like right. Brady still looks as good as he has his entire career. And this is something that I wrote about on Couch Guy, and I've asked Maddie off air. Should Sean Payton be on the hot seat in New Orleans? Absolutely. He won't be, but absolutely. He's won one Super Bowl with that crew. 15 years. Me? One Super Bowl in 15 years. And the Patriots had six and 20? Like, come on. You should have been the NFC version of the Patriots. Like, it's really what he should have been. Right. Like, imagine Belichick co- just swap the coaches. John Payton with Brady, Belichick with the Saints. Belichick has f- probably four rings with that group, that the offensive talent that he had in New Orleans with Drew Brees. Now, does Brady have more than one? Yes, because Brady's better than Brees. So, like, so, but the Patriots ended up with six in 20 years. And in 15 years, they can only gra- grab one with Drew Brees as their quarterback, who people are complaining about us not putting in the top three for greatest of all times. In some places, like, Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and you got him one title part of that has to fall on Peyton. It won't. He's, they're going to let him finish the year there. Transition. Taysom Hill's already there with Jameis Winston. So one of those two guys will be it. And, and next year, and, and you know what? Maybe that team even 
goes pretty consistent because when they Taysom Hill played this year, they lost once in like the five games. When Teddy Bridgewater played the year before when Drew Brees was also hurt, that pattern, they didn't lose. <laughs> like that team is built to be successful even without Drew Brees. So next year, I expect them to be back where they were. Like they should be able to get to the divisional round, if not further with Taysom Hill or even Jameis Winston at quarterback. Right. And the thing too is Sean, like Maddie said, Sean Payton might want to move on because he might not believe in Jameis for the long term. Unless they go out. Well, he and believes in Taysom Hill. He believes in Taysom Hill though. You would like, hope. I mean, you'd think. I mean, when you he, let Taysom he, Hill play the five games that Drew Brees was out and don't even give Jameis Winston a sniff of it. Then that says something. Hill. Right. So you also okay. paid him like a legit starter. Like they paid him as starting quarterback money, like low end starting quarterback money to be the backup and get banged up all the time. That dude gets put through the ringer. He's got to be the option. He has to be. And you also don't put, because he was a restricted free agent. You don't put a first round tender on somebody if you don't believe in them. Yeah. And clearly that's what they they put on him. Yeah. Right. Bills, Ravens. That was fun. The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. That game was fun. Going to the AFC title game for the first time in what was it? 20. 23 years. I'm pretty sure. 23? Was it, well, hold on. So this is oh, 2021. No, it was 93. 28. You were right. 28 years. 28 years. 28 years. I Buffalo wasn't even yet. <laughs> going back to the AFC title game. Beat the Ravens. Lamar Jackson obviously got hurt. We saw all the stories. Bill's Mafia donated to his charity. Mm-hmm. Ravens fans did it back. Great stories. The Bills, man. That game, I, I didn't know. Like, that game was a kind of a crapshoot at the beginning. Um, and then Josh Allen found digs and then the interception. So like, look, the bills are built to win. Um, and I think that team, they proved it whether, whether Lamar Jackson gets hurt or not, like the bills should have and did win that game. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? It's going to be fun to see them play in Kansas city on Sunday. Like I, I think the bills have a legitimate shot, especially if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, which mm-hmm. he's going to, he's most likely going to, but if he doesn't, Oh man, Bills Mafia! You better even if he does, he's not going to be a hundred percent. No, but no. even if he do, even if he was a hundred percent, when they played him this year, it's a close game. It's a great game, and you know what? There have been times this year the Chiefs haven't looked like themselves. Like they had, they weren't as they have not been as dominant this year as they were the last two years. Right, the year the Patriots got them to the AFC title game, and then last year when they won, those two years they were dominant all year. I mean, you this almost year, you almost lost to the Cleveland. With- you almost beat them. You could have beat them when you played them week, what, four, whatever it was. Right, right. And you had freaking Brian Hoyer playing quarterback. And you all, and the Chiefs almost lost to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. They almost lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They like, should have lost. They 100% they should, should have lost. Yeah, with a Rashard Higgins call, that should have been, you know, Terrible. I mean, worst, worst rule in all sports. They, they got to they fix that rule. That's one of the dumbest rules I think the NFL has in their rule book. And then another thing about the Chiefs, too, their last, like, blowout win the team that we expect them to you know blow out everybody their last blowout win was like against the jets and that was like october i think yeah it's so been it's a been a while it's been a while since they've blown anybody out in each game that they've had they've won by 10 points or less that's it this team even though even though they're it's the chiefs it's patch mahomes travis kelsey whatever they're very beatable compared to last year and it wouldn't even surprise me if the bills actually came out on top on yeah. sunday against the chiefs regardless of mahomes play which in my opinion i don't think he should but that's just my opinion. There's no way Patrick Mahomes doesn't play this game, first of all. Like, there have been talks. I know, there but reports. I don't think he should. No, of course not. There were talks. I think Shep had a report out that besides the concussion stuff, he was also dealing with a foot issue. 
Um, someone obviously leaked that to him, probably to make him, if he does, does play, doesn't look good, there's an excuse built in. I get it, whatever. Probably shouldn't be playing. Should be the Chad Henney show. Um, look, all I know is I got my money in early just in case he doesn't play. <laughs> um, <laughs> but look, you, you look at the Chiefs-Browns just for a second, that play specifically at the goal line, you, don't, you teach your players not to do that. Like that, that, I put half of that on him because – like Belichick's day one rule is if you're at anywhere near the goal line, especially not on fourth down, do not put your arms out, pull it in. Don't lose the ball and we'll run it in. Like it was what second down when he did that. Like, and it would have been so, first but... down because it was a big, like you, you would have first and goal at the half yard line. If you just don't pull that ball out. Um, and granted, I think that rule's stupid. I think it should be a touchdown, but like here, what the rules are now, you literally had, if you score there, if you get a touchdown there, you probably win the game because at that point yeah. momentum's flying. And not only that, how about the fact that it was a helmet-to-helmet call which caused the fumble was, in the first place? You, yeah. I was just about to bring that up. Like, I don't think Daniel Sorensen, he's the one who um, who made the hit. I don't think he's been fined for that yet. And if the NFL is really, like, about, like, trying to crack down on these hits and trying to stop them, wouldn't you be sending out a fine, like, Monday morning to him? Being like, hey, here's a – Here's you know a fifty thousand dollar fine for that for a helmet to helmet hit. Yeah, we messed like, up. We messed I, up. Here's your here's your fine. Like this should have been called. Exactly, exactly. But you know because it's the Kansas City Chiefs and it's the team of their golden boy Patrick Mahomes. You know we're just gonna let that one slide. I guess. By the by the way, shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs Twitter after that play saying Dirty Dan oh coming God. in making in all the plays. Yeah. How about the gall on whoever's behind like the social media coordinator for that Chiefs Twitter? Like you have some recognition for the moment. Like, that shouldn't have happened. You literally made a dirty play and then nicknamed the guy Dirty Dan. Like, I think they think knew what they were that. doing with that. They knew yeah. what they were doing with that. Yeah, and that's why Kansas City – that's why nobody wants to see Kansas City repeat as champions except for Chiefs fans. The other part of this, uh, other side of the NFC is Green Bay. Uh, they went and almost lost to the Rams. Nah, it was close no, for a little bit. No, they, uh, Green Guys, Green Bay's a wagon. They're, they're playing Tom Brady at home at Lambeau. In potentially the snow, by the way, cold and looking like some snow. Not worried about Brady in the snow. Like he'll put his scuba suit on, like he always does, and be fine. Um, as much as I want to say the Bucks could win that game, one half that roster has not played a day in the snow, if ever. Uh, Brady's probably the only one I trust to play in the cold. And if, I don't think Mike Evans will do anything in the cold. Chris Godwin, same thing. I, AB maybe if he. I mean, always hurt though, right? He has an injury now. Green Bay should roll through Tampa Bay. Let's start there for the, for the title games because we can talk quick predictions while we're here. Green, Green Bay should roll through these guys. I actually have Tampa winning this game. Only because I don't trust that Green Bay defense. That defense is sus. This <laughs> is the one game This is the one game where the, this, Tampa, this young Tampa offense, led by the youngest quarterback ever, Tom Brady, to basically prove himself. They've already proven themselves to everybody. But now go make another statement that they can go play in in the cold, in the snow, at Lambeau, in the in in, in Rogers' house. And I not, I just don't trust Green Bay's defense against this this uh, offensive Tampa that has just been clicking for the past seven weeks. And not only that, like the Bucks are playing with house money right now. Like people said that they were going to obviously improve, but I don't think a lot of people realistically were like, okay, they're going to make it back to they're going to make it to the NFC Championship for the first time since two thousand two. Like no. they have no, they have nothing to lose here. Oh come on! Like, People are picking them to win the Super Bowl beginning of the year. Like, eh, I mean, yeah, not, everyone went, oh, it's the Patriots again. Not like, not every not everybody. Some people were like, okay, they, well, the fact that they picked it right away, they were like, okay, 
You know, Brady's there, Gronk's there. The excitement was there. The excitement was overtaking the reality of the situation. But, yes, they're in the NFC Championship game. But guess what? I'm with Jared. I think the Packers take care of business. I know, Maddie, that Green Bay defense is a little bit suspicious. I agree with you there. But I just think Aaron Rodgers, first time ever he's played an NFC Championship at Lambeau, by the way. That's kind no of more weird. excuses for Aaron Rodgers also. Yeah, this is, this is it. This is it. You have, you have the run game. You have, obviously, excuse me, you have Aaron Jones. You have Jamal Williams. You have A.J. Dillon. You have your receiver in Devontae Adams. Who's the tight end? You have your coach. You have your coach. Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon, Robert Tunyon thank yeah. you. And then Matt LaFleur, obviously. You have your coach. Everything's in place for you right now. If you go out and put up 31 points at home like you should, I think they're, they're going to be fine. Yeah, because the, the reason why I don't like the Bucs – Granted, the running game is good. And I think the running game is a big strength for the Bucs this year. And Brady's not used to having a running game, so that helps them, right? But with Green Bay, they're at home. They have fans in the stands up there, right? They're allowed to have fans. Um, and I think the whole Packers team will be fine in the cold. I think this is it. Like, we talked – and someone – I think it was pro football focus, these idiots, went, who's, who's more of it for their legacy? Does Rodgers or Brady need to just win more? Come on. Are we done with this? Are we stop, what stop comparing to Rodgers to Brady. Point. Like, yeah. I hate that Rodgers keeps getting compared to Brady. It's not even close. Like, it's Brady and everybody else is a massive drop-off. We know that by now. Rodgers oh. needs this game. Like, if you have everything – your stars are aligned. You've been the wagon all year. You've basically just tooled with teams all year to get to this point. You're now in home. You have the home field advantage with some fans. You're in the cold, which is what you, – your home field advantage is literally playing in the cold. That's what it is. It's Green Bay. It's freaking freezing all the time you do not lose this game. And if you do, you can't even be considered one of the greats. If you're, you know what I mean? Like if Rogers loses this game, his name comes off the board for me for like a top, even five or six of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, as far as like the current NFL, he would still be up there, but for all time, I mean, he's not even in my top five of all time to begin with, but top 10, he would slide into it. For me. He's not even my top 10, but if he wins this game, and like soundly wins this game, he'll slide into the top 10 for me. And then if they actually go on to win the Super Bowl against either Kansas City or Buffalo, might have to start talking about number five of all time with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, look, before we get, we, we want to do locks of the week. I have mine. I've already bet it. That's how locked I am in this ball. Lock of the week. <laughs> um, just picks for this weekend. I want, who's your Super Bowl matchup? Who do you got? I have, I have Packers Bills. That's who I have for, for I the also, Super Bowl. I, I also have Packers Bills. I have Bucks Bills. I hope you're right, Matt. Because that is the storyline that I have been praying for since they both made the playoffs. Especially uh, especially for our mm-hmm. into the triangle co-host, Zach Jeziaro. Yep, uh, oh, oh, go, Zach. Yeah, and, like, see, the thing this is why. Me, I've been anti-Brady all year, too. And I, now I'm all of a sudden, I'm rooting for him now all of a sudden. Yeah, no, there's multiple reasons if you're a Patriots fan. to be. I'm rooting for Tom Brady. Don't think he's going to win. Because if Brady wins, it pisses Belichick and the crafts off even more, and they are more motivated to get better faster, especially because Brady's coming here next year to play. Like, they're playing in Foxborough next year. And if the Patriots – if not the Patriots, if Brady plays the Bills, then the Bills feel like they're cursed because they can't get away from Tom Brady, and that's, that's the best-case scenario. If, if, if Brady walks in and wins Super Bowl number seven and keeps the Bills from doing it of all teams, it's the best storyline we could possibly have here. Today. It would be Man. quite the storyline. Quite the storyline. All right, lock of the week, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Al, I'm going to let you go first. All right, I'm going to go with, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I just up, looked up the lines really quickly on Vegas odds line. 
I'm going with the Bills plus two and a half against the Chiefs. I think they're going to win the game outright. But even if they don't, I think they're going to keep it very, very close. Obviously, they have a better offense this year, especially with Stephon Diggs in the mix. Josh Allen taking a huge step forward. So for my lock of the week, Bills plus two and a half against the Chiefs. Matty? Uh, I'm going to go the NBA route for my lock of the week. I have the Atlanta Hawks over the Detroit Pistons tomorrow night. Uh, the Pistons, they're not a good basketball team. The Hawks are. It's the minus six odds. Uh, I, I, I'll just I'll put all my money on the on the uh, on the Hawks tomorrow night. Love that. Uh, mine already in. I promise it's right there at the top. Um, the I parlayed lock of the week. Do it. Parlay. Buffalo, Buffalo Bills winning outright and the under in that game. I, on my side, it's fifty three and a half. Take the under and the Buffalo Bills winning outright, going to the Super Bowl. Lock that crap in. Like that is the it, and, and mind you. I think it was something both games they've played this year or like in the last like two or three years have been drastically under like these, these teams will be under, especially if Mahomes doesn't play. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't because then the line will change and I've already gotten in, which is great. Um, either way, bills, money line under for the game, lock it in, win you some cash. Nick quality. I hope he took my advice because I told him to do it. Yeah, he got he got creamed last week. That was uh that ran yeah. six and a half. Yeesh. Woo! All right, we're out of here. That's it. Anything else, boys? Anything else? Anything good? Maddie B, shout out to you. Appreciate it, Maddie B. Where can we all find you? Of course. Where can where can we uh, find so your you, stuff? Uh, you can you can find uh, my personal tw- uh, Twitter uh, at Matthew underscore Jordan. There's three T's in Matthew because someone else took it with two T's. Um, and then you can find my podcast uh, at Bernie and Chris. Uh, we we just joined the Couch Guy family. Uh, so, you know, we were on there this week, uh, Al and I, and my co-host, Chris, we were on there just, you know, just making fun of Al, talk, talking some sports. It's, it's great it's content. Good. It's really the easy go-to. Mm-hmm. It's always easy to make fun of Al. Oh, man. All right. Uh, that's it. We'll be back next week. We said this was 191, right? Yep. Yep. 191. Uh, of course, follow us, couchguysports.com, couchguysports on Instagram and Twitter, couchguysportspod all that good stuff into the triangle for us, legend lingo for Al, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll be back next week. Probably with quags again, all the best to his pup, uh, new into the triangle in a couple weeks for me now. Yep. So we'll talk then too. Um, until then appreciate you all listening and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Adios. See you guys. See ya. Oh wait. Shit.